opened the door to the most powerful room in housing, built for mortgage executives, real estate leaders, and the rising stars that drive innovation and progress. The gathering will feature over 45 powerful speakers on stage in Scottsdale, Arizona from April 21st to 24th. Learn more and register now at housingwirethegathering.com. Welcome, everyone. My guest today is lead analyst Logan Motoshami to talk about purchase apps, builder confidence data, inventory, and of course, mortgage rates. Logan, welcome back to the podcast. And on what a week. Sarah, I have to tell you this, out of all the podcasts we've ever done, I've been so giddy and energetic and ready to have this one because we have so much to talk about uh, because it's getting crazy once again uh, in housing. That is saying a lot because you're excited a lot, but I know that this week we've had so much economic news, specifically this. So where do you want to start? We've got so much. We've got purchase apps, builder's confidence, inventory. Where where do you want to start? So I want to first apologize to everyone. Because I, you know, as someone who tracks forward-looking data all the time, I naturally assumed that people knew that inventory, weekly inventory, used to bottom out in January. And that what we've seen in, in, in the U.S. the last two years and this year is actually historically an anomaly. And I've, I've, I always tease our tracker article on Saturday, just to give people kind of a heads up of what's going on. And then, you know, over the weekend, especially on Twitter, you get a, you get a lot of, a lot of people talking because, because nobody's, you know, working, but I realized something people don't understand how rare it is to have inventory bottom out, like in March or April. So I've, I connected the dots here and I'm going to try to explain this to people so they could understand We've had three historical abnormal events all happen toward the end of the year. And because the seasonal inventory declines happen, which happens all the time, right? Inventory rises, spring, summer, falls, and fall and winter. Any kind of demand increase during these periods is creating more bidding war actions early on. So we, we're hearing this again. There's bidding wars. There's bidding wars. Well, uh, I'm going to bring you back to the end of 2020. At the end of 2020, we had makeup demand from the COVID-19 lows. So basically, we had the pause, and then all of a sudden, everybody went back to buying like normal. It pushed demand out toward the end of the year, especially with purchase application volume. That is, okay, that is to be expected, right? COVID-19 recovery, we, we knew that was going to be the case. And, and you know, we pushed forward demand toward 2021, and inventory bottomed out later. Uh, at the end of 2021, this is the anomaly we never have mortgage purchase application data volume rise in October, November, December, but it did at the end of 2021. And again, what is that? Forward-looking demand, right? And because of that, it's pushed out the seasonal inventory uh, to March last year. Uh, that's, again, abnormal. Now, after the waterfall dive and collapse, when did housing data start to get better, Sarah? November 9th. November 9th, right? So the forward looking, again, this is how I've always looked at housing. Now we do it for everyone. Um, I'm sitting here watching Twitter and like all these stock traders are like, oh, I can't believe the builder's confidence is up. No, I'm stunned. I'm like, hello. It is any, did anybody pay attention to the purchase application data in November, December, January? And they're like, where did this come from? Where do you think it comes from? Forward looking demand. Well, in any case, 
November, December, and January, forward-looking data was positive. And this is pushing inventory, the bottom of inventory seasonally out later and later. So uh, we don't usually see inventory, weekly inventory declining in February, but uh, uh, it's happening again in all three times at the end of 2020, 2021, and 2022, forward-looking demand got better running into a seasonal weakness period. Now we're going to get this seasonal increase. I'm hoping it happens sooner than later. So we could get a little bit more balance because the last thing we want is stories of bidding wars come up because then people go, oh, the Fed has to hike rates even more. They have to sell mortgage back. They have to, we need rates uh, uh, eight or 9% or else it will never control inflation. The growth rate of inflation is already falling, right? It doesn't have to do with home prices. There's other things at play here, but uh, that hopefully could understand because when I talked about in January, oh my God, inventory's up one week. I was so excited. I was like, this is how it used to be. And then it went down the next three weeks. And I'm like all bummed. That's because traditionally inventory bottoms in January. 2014, 2015, 2016, bottoms in January rises up. Twenty, you know, 2017, 18, and 19, the bottom in January and February were very close. And then it rises up. Last two years, March and April is the bottom. Here, we're still working with declines in inventory. Why? Because purchase application data started to get better November 9th. So are you saying that the bottom is not going to come until March? It's going to be more like well, 20, we're, we're going to check the weekly data to see because we've had three months of forward-looking data that has been positive, and it's it's filtering finally into the sales data, right? Remember, 30 to 90 days out. So now th- this is why I'm trying to connect the dots with the uh, tracker. So when things go negative, like today, purchase application data was 6% negative week to week, down 42%. Rates have now moved from 5.99% to 6.75% today. That's a material change. We have to now look at the tracker to see how much does that hit demand so going out forward. So today there was like this shock because I think a lot of the recession bearish people use the builder's confidence index. And when that collapsed, they said 100% of the time a recession is here. Now, part of that is true, right? The leading economic indicator is housing. But what's occurred is, you know, things are different post-COVID and you have to adjust your, you know, models a bit to COVID-19 realities. So now the builder's confidence index is up. So pretty much all the way from January to February of 2023, right? The recession people are like, wait a second, how is this, what's going on here? right? They can't change their model because it's based on the builder's confidence index rising. So they don't know how to incorporate that. All it is, is a bounce from a waterfall dive. That's, we went on CNBC uh, on Monday to talk about this. Let's put everything in context here. We had a historical waterfall dive, rates fell. When you have a waterfall dive, anything can move the data up. Right, and then even with uh, uh, pricing, pricing is staying very firm now. You know how did that happen? Because in a low, this is like I, I would scream this out to the entire world on a m- megaphone. In a extremely low inventory environment, if demand goes up, it's different than demand going down, right? So when you have a waterfall dive in demand. Uh, and people are saying, well, prices are falling even with inventory low. Yes, that's because demand is falling. But in an increasing marketplace, the, the, the whole thing switches on you. 
So you have to look at it in that context, but just realize as of now, it's just a bounce from a record dive in data. So all these monthly sales reports are now, now going to start to show what started on November 9th. Uh, uh, and then we're just going to work out forward and people have to track economics on weekly data or else they're going to be lost because there is no reason anybody should have been shocked about this, right? We We even talked about this last year that I said, people for some reason, don't want to read forward-looking data. And this has happened for like 10 years. And now here it is again. Things got better. Everybody said, no, 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 things can never get better. And they don't know what to make of it. You don't want to be old and slow. This is why we created the tracker for everyone so everyone could look at forward-looking data. And then you don't have to like make up some excuse that you missed this. Okay. I don't want to be old and slow, but I am a little confused about something. So I'm going to ask you, but first a clarification. When you said we went on CNBC, there was no we there, Logan. You went on CNBC. Sarah, it's always we. The whole team no. of Housing Wire went on CNBC with me. We, we do this together, right? There is no that. I. Okay. You you know, you're going to have to eventually get on this, on this bandwagon here, listen, right? There, it's not the Logan show. Okay. Uh, it's not even the Logan and Sarah show. It is the housing wire show. We do this is, as a whole. Absolutely. It is a housing wire show. But when CNBC called, they did not ask for all of housing wire to go on there. They asked for you. So that's one clarification. The second thing is you said you wanted to apologize to everyone, uh, uh, but I'm still trying to figure out why you were apologizing. I, I'm apologizing because I assumed people knew always that inventory bottoms out in January seasonal. And that's that was my mistake. I just assumed people knew that. So what I'm like jumping for joy that inventory grew one week, it's because that is normal. And what, what do we want? We want a boring, balanced housing market. We don't want unhealthy to go to savagely unhealthy. We want this to be something that everyone can enjoy. And when you have too few homes and too many people chasing too few homes, that's not a positive. That is a negative. Uh, um, so it's just... I just thought people knew that and they didn't. And I'm, I'm listening to people on Twitter. And I'm like, oh my God, nobody knows this. This is not, and that, that's my fault. My job as the weekly tracker now, we have to set realistic uh, expectations. And what we saw the last two years and this year is not normal. So, so people can realize there's going to be a seasonal push in inventory. It's just right now, the last three years or, you know, the last three times we're getting in, we're getting demand increases late in the year and it's. The forward-looking data is taking some of that inventory down now, and then we get back to uh, somewhat normal uh, seasonal timeframe. So it's just it's 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 a post twenty twenty world that's things are just a little bit different, and we go with that. So if we start with purchase apps, you were not surprised that purchase apps are down because we had rates rising, right? Yes, rates go up, bad for housing. Rates go down, good for housing. Um, but this is a material one, right? This isn't like a quarter percent move back and forth. You know, we were just kind of hovering between six and a quarter and 6%. This is going from 5.99 to 6.75. So now we flip the switch. Now, because we have a material change, we track the purchase application data a little bit more sharper to realize, okay, so we have a workable bottom to work from. We're not, we, we didn't get back down to the workable bottom, of course, but we need to keep an eye on forward-looking data now because if rates were still at 6%, it's different. If rates got down to 5%, it's it's a completely different ballgame now, right? Uh, uh, demand gets better in that sense and and all the housing narratives would be gone by then. But it's it's it didn't happen. And again, for myself, if the 10-year yield broke under 3.21% and the labor market is strong, 
mortgage rates would have gone lower than 5.75, I would have been wrong with my forecast in 2023, right? I One of the reasons I have four and a quarter on the 10-year yield and seven and a quarter percent mortgage rate still is because I'm not a Fed pivot person, nor am I a recession person yet. Um, until jobless claims break, the economy's firm. And guess what happened? Builder confidence is up. Retail sales are still uh, positive. Uh, uh, the US economy is growing at, let's say, real G- uh, GDP is at 2.4%. That means you take inflation, your, red- your nominal growth is like over 6% right now. Nominal growth being over 6% and 3.4% unemployment is not a recession in any category in historical context going back to the Peloponnesian War. You just make stuff up, people, and it's just after 13 years, you would think that people would understand some of the basic simples of economic cycles work. And it wasn't the case last year, right? People were front-loading recession calls because of economic GDP growth without the corresponding other variable data lines to go with it. That means they made up their own recession theory uh, and it didn't work. And now we're sitting here, February 15th, people are, oh, Fed has to raise rates higher. The economy is too hot. The economy is too, now we go back into the crazy talk again. Uh, we have to destroy the economy because the economy is too hot kind of language, which is nonsense in that in that sense right now. So everybody's crazy land. This is like a Hiroshima and Bosch painting right now. Everyone's all over the place. Nobody knows what to make of it. We need to keep focused on the data, focus on the reality, and especially on housing data, context is key. We just bounced from a historical dive in demand data last year. So let's talk about some of that context. So the fact that we are not in that overall economic recession, because you're looking at the at the labor force line there, that does not mean we're not still in a housing recession. And with those kind of uh, mortgage rates, wouldn't you say we are still in a housing recession? So I have my own model. One of, one of the things I've done on Twitter is that you see these stock traders that work for firms, they come on TV and they say, recessions here, recessions here. They all use the builder's confidence index. There's There's some validity to that. So I ask everyone, ask your stock trader friends, if anybody's listening, the builder's confidence has increased. Has your model changed? And get an answer from them. Most likely, you won't get an answer from them. For me, it's different. Yes, I have my own model for this. The builders have to have a few things happen. Builders' confidence indexes rise, right? That's already happening. Monthly supply has to get below six and a half months. That hasn't happened yet. Are, right? are you talking mm. about for, for us to get out of a housing recession? Out of a housing recession, okay. yeah. Because a housing recession is, is, the, is the economics of housing and its construction, right? New home sales, housing construction. Because if that occurs, that means that demand has gotten better. So the builders are still working through a backlog. Housing permits should fall all year. So what's occurred is that we've had a bounce off now. The builders are working through that backlog. Purchase application data has increased. It's just a bounce. And we have to, we, that has to keep on continuing to get out of the housing recession. Uh, uh, we're not there yet. Okay. So so we're, we're until the until the monthly supply for new homes gets below, new home sales start to grow, and then permits start to rise again. That has traditionally gone from every housing recession to housing recovery back post-World War II. We don't have that yet. We have some positive signs. Purchase application data is up. Uh, builder's confidence up. But again, context is key. I cannot tell you what a historical dive in demand data we had last year. So the, the initial rebound is going to look like really strong at first. It has to be able to continue. And if rates go higher, you're dealing with that issue again. So Keep everything in front of you. Stay away from the crazy talks, right? Focus on the data right now. And this is why 
forward-looking data is critical because uh, if mortgage rates were still at 6%, we wouldn't be talking about this, but it's not. It's not the case. And uh, part of it is has been that uh, people just naturally assumed we were in a recession or going to a recession, which means bond yields have to go down and mortgage rates. That, all of that is valid except the recession part. Not there yet. I'm on recession watch. I've got all six of my flags up, but there are other things at this point uh, that need to be watched at. And we talked about that when we wrote that article is that if the growth rate of inflation falls and bond yields fall, that's positive. What we've seen is that narrative has literally changed some of the data lines. So we're just working off those things as of this moment. And you have to take it one week at a time or you could get lost into this uh, recession talk. Okay, let's talk about mortgage rates. So I talked to Odetta Cushy yesterday, one a, a friend of yours, a friend of ours, a deputy chief economist over at First American, and she talked about how six percent could be uh, could could see be a stabilizing factor, right? And you've talked about five point nine nine percent or six percent. What are the chances that we get back to you know? What are the chances? Here we are at six point. Did you say seven five? Six point seven five as of this morning. Six point seven five. What are the chances we go up? What are the chances we go down? And what are the what are we looking at to see what will happen? So the mortgage rate range for twenty twenty two is five point seven five to to uh, um, seven and a quarter. Your that your mortgage rate range. More right. yeah. Okay. So so far everything kind of looks. In line, if you if you if you don't believe we're in a recession, then the the rates should be up there. The growth rate of inflation is falling, no matter what anybody says. Um, and over time, when certain things get weaker, that inflationary data should keep on going lower and lower. So we can get back below six percent again. The labor market data is the key here, because the bond market really wants a flip on the Fed. That's what it's always done. It's always flipped on the Federal Reserve. Uh, the Fed doesn't own the show. The bond market owns the show. The bond market owns the Fed. Bond market is not old and slow, right? So they want yields to go down, but they need that labor data to get weaker. So this is why I said the whole year is really based on jobless claims data and how, how it goes. If jobless claims start to get up higher and higher, the bond market will get ahead of the Fed like they always do. And just say, hey, listen, you have a very deep inversion. The the economy is, you know, not not as strong as you think, and you're hiking rates into a inversion. It's it's so funny that like two years ago I said we have to get used to the Fed hiking rates while the yield curve is inverted. You know, it's just different dynamics here. So labor market gets weaker, the bond yields will will go down. That's the that's the only premise that I have for this year for that ten year yield to break under three point two one percent. And last week, jobless claims rose. So we'll see tomorrow if that if that happens again. Um, retail sales is positive, right? HMI data is positive. These things are all functioning of expansionary work. So the mortgage rate range is looking looking right. Where I can be wrong is if the ten year yield gets above four and a quarter and goes up higher, and we're uh, past seven and a quarter. Uh, uh, that was the peak uh, uh, talking point. So as of right now, everything is is kind of intact with an expanding economy. Um, when the labor, when the claims data starts to get noticeably worse, you'll probably see bond yields go lower at that point. And just remember, housing is disproportionately benefited in that situation, as it is disproportionately negative, uh, uh, even in an economy that's created what over four million jobs. Rates matter. The whole housing market is really running around the 10-year yield right now, as it should be, right? 
Okay, so I appreciate that. But if I'm a mortgage person, if I'm a real estate person, I'm like, it is almost spring. In some place, you know, March, March is the start of the spring home you're, buying standard. What am I what am I looking at for rates? You're looking at you're looking at higher rates. It's already happened. It and it's that's that's the range that we're dealing with, right? Um, so the so the Gandalf line in the sand that I talk about in the housing wire tracker article, I said, listen, I don't think we're going to be able to break this level. This level is very key. It's very hard to break. And we try to break that. Yeah. We try to get the 10 year yield below 3.42% and follow through. I just don't believe the economy is, is weak to, to do that. And we bounced and the jobs data is positive. The retail sales is positive. The, the housing data is positive in that environment right now. Bond yields will we'll move back and forth up and, uh, and and we just basically kind of bounced off that bottom end range and heading toward the uh, uh, upper range. So we are dealing with higher rates as of today. Now, one or two economic datas can change, bond yields come back down. And this is why we want to focus on the tracker. We focus on what economic data can actually move the bond market. And this week we said this, there's a lot of juicy detail uh, economic information. And so far, all of them have basically been uh, uh, somewhat positive, and it's keeping yields up higher. The CPI data, even though the inflationary beat, uh, uh, most people realize that that's really being held up by shelter inflation. So it's not, we didn't get the reaction that people thought with the inflation data, but the other economic data have come in uh, uh, stronger than what people thought. And we're just in this range, and we're just going to have to work with this range uh, 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 until things change. I think that's perfectly, that's normal. That's what it should be. If the economy is growing at 6% nominal to 2% real and uh, the the, um, the inflationary data, while it's cooling down, it's still that personal consumption expenditure on a 12-month basis still at uh, above 4%. This looks about right. you know. So that's the reality of the world we live in. We just want to know when do we see material changes and the next material change will have to be lower in rates, uh, not so much higher, because the Federal Reserve has said we're almost done. We're just going to stop at a, whatever five percent, five and a quarter, and just let it go. If they change that, that's a different thing. But again, you're hiking rates into this type of economy. The bond market really wants to take yields lower. They just don't have the labor data yet to do so. What do you think when you look at the labor data? Because you've you've said for a long time, most of the jobs that are um, being lost or most of the people being laid off are those uh, at the with the lower education. So people who didn't finish high school or people who finished high school but don't have any college. That's we see the biggest drop in that in that range. So what do you when you look at the job market right now? Where are we seeing those gains? Well, I mean, total job growth is everywhere. It's just that I, I what what happened with especially tech. Tech hired a lot of people during the pandemic, and they're offloading some of that. But if you, in contracts to what they hired, it's still a lot more. So, uh, and and when you deal with a college unemployment rate of like two percent, these people can get jobs. We don't have a lot of them, right? Especially with engineers, right? You can get an engineer job. Uh, 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 in America. So the consumption service-based economy as we are, you need consumption to really break or you need some over-leveraged cycle to break. Housing wasn't over-leveraged. Crypto was over-leveraged, very little velocity to the economy, right? That, you know, we, We've talked about that for, for some time now. So that's not going to do it. So eventually what occurs is that higher rates eventually seep down to consumption 
and the growth rate of inflation. I mean, the Fed's already forecasting a recession next year or this year even. Uh, they, they believe the unemployment rate is going to go up to four to four and a half percent. If you're working from 3.4%, that's a recession right there. So they're, they're focusing that. Now, the question is, is the Fed even right about that with the labor market being so strong? I, I, I hearken back to 2006. 2006 was the last time my six recession red flags were up. The recession did not happen until 2008. Uh, and we had credit deterioration in 2006. Housing was already in a recession in 2006. So it doesn't like move from like one month to the next month. And that's it. The recession there. There are other variables that come into place. Leading economic indicators is coming out on Friday. That's going to be probably down again. Uh, eventually in time, these things uh, uh, impact the economy. We're just not there yet. And this is why that 5.75 to 7.25% range is in there just because I'm not a Fed pivot person because I haven't seen enough deterioration in the labor market to go there. So what do you think the Fed is thinking right now? Well, hopefully they're not panicking, right? You just, the, the Fed has to just endure positive data and not crash the plane, right? I mean, there are a lot of cases to be made about the Fed should be stopping right now and just let the data. I mean, I would be in that camp. Just stop the rate hikes and let it go. Because if you want to stay higher for longer, this is where you want to do it, right? Because your own model tells you you, you've done enough. And if the Federal Reserve says we track three to six to 12 month personal consumption expenditures, and guess what? That's looking like it's going to have a three handle. You're already in restrictive land. So let it go and let let stay higher for longer. You, the housing market revolves around the 10-year yield, not so much about the Fed funds rate. So in that case, endure. It's okay to have positive economic data. The market is all freaked out. The market players on Twitter and, and Wall Street, everyone's, everyone's like pushing some crazy narrative right now. The economy is in expansion. It's not record-breaking or anything like that. We're just in an expansion mode. Expansions are good things, right? Recessions are bad things. You don't have to push. Like some people are saying, the housing market is super hot again. The Fed has to raise rates to cool. Oh, it is a little push-up in demand from a waterfall dive. That's not record-breaking demand. So uh, because total active listings are low, that has nothing to do with the American economy. We just don't have enough homes there. So you don't say, well, we have to start raising uh, rates, short-term rates to, to crush the economy. No, let that go. Let it go. Let let the economy kind of work its way. And over time, things should get back to normal, right? You're going to have to endure. We live in a society that everybody opens their mouth and talks too much. And you have to have a reason or you have to you have to say something, even though you shouldn't say something. Sometimes just staying quiet is perfectly okay. Right. It is perfectly uh, and, and, okay. And I saw this, and and you know, one of my friends from Bloomberg talked about, well, the rates have to go up now because as housing's booming again, under what data line are you looking that's saying housing is booming? No, it's just a little bounce. That's it. That's all it is, right? And we during the housing bubble years, everyone could go back and look at it. The growth rate of inflation was not anywhere near we are today. It was backed in the Fed's range. Uh, so home prices is not so much. The rent inflation is the big driver. And we know we're, we're going to have a million apartments coming onto the market. That supply will finish the growth rate of rate, rent. So 
real quick, give us a preview of like, what is it that you're trying to do with the tracker? So tell us what the three things you're looking at and why those are important. The number one thing is you don't want to be old and slow and miss the miss the room. You don't want to do what Wall Street stock traders are doing on Twitter. Oh, I'm shocked. The builder's confidence up. How is this? You don't want to be crazy YouTube people either. What? Well, the recession happened one year ago. The tracker is designed for all of you to look at forward-looking data. We have me. We have Altos Research, which has the most forward-looking weekly. You put us together. And the bond market and mortgage rates, which is which is my thing, which you put them all together, you have somewhat of an idea of what to think about because there are American citizens waking up today and going, how did the builder's confidence rise up from their lows? You know, how's home sales going to be rising up? Because on November 9th, the tracker would have told you things changed. I do that on Twitter. Now we do it on Housing Wire and you just follow forward-looking data. So it gives you an idea. So you don't wake up this morning like some people did and just go, the builder's confidence is up now. How did this happen? No, 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 no. You only live once. You don't want to be old and slow. You just don't want to be that person, right? We have enough information and data and technology so we could track these things, which we couldn't do back in the Peloponnesian War. Couldn't do that, right? Now we can. You know, I don't know that much about the Peloponnesian War. I just have to tell you, I was even like a history minor, but I still don't know that much about the Peloponnesian War, but pretty sure they didn't have the housing market tracker back then. So so just to recap, Logan, the rest of this week, we're looking at really the, the jobs report. So we got we have housing starts uh, and permits coming up. Now the builder's confidence is, is rising. Some people believe you know you might get some residential real estate investment. I still don't think that's going to be the case because the supply you know, the builders are still working off the excess supply. Um, uh, you know we're going to have the leading economic indicator come out on Friday. Uh, we'll have all the complete. I mean it really was a huge week on economic data. We want to keep an eye on that ten year yield. Uh, now that we see the CPI inflation data, we 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 know what's going on there. Rent is really driving that core inflationary data. That's already fading, so we'll we'll keep an eye on claims, leading economic index, housing starts, and then we'll we'll take it from there. But again, rates went up. Rates went up from five point nine nine to six point seven five. Okay, rates matter always on housing, right? Either up or down. Even even you know the first thing, one of the things I tweeted out this morning was like. Okay, so does everybody realize when mortgage rates fall, it's a good thing, right? And it, I get stuck in this. You ever realize that there are guys still on Twitter who are sitting there and just saying 2008. Like there's some there's some things you could be like lame. I mean, but I mean, but I mean, you you can you can fantasize about certain things in life, and it's completely okay. Fantasizing about 2008. You know how messed up you are as a man. Like I never have to worry about this with women. Women are so much tougher than guys now. But there are some men who have literally sat on social media sites for 13 years screaming 2008. Do you know how bad you must be up here to be fantasizing about a period in time where people were like losing their homes and that's your joy? I mean, you're off the grid. You're gone. You're you're done. And you got 13 years older. So it can't be pretty, right? And I'm just sitting here thinking, and I the reason I say this is that all the people that tell me housing is finished for like a decade say, well, well, lower rates didn't help the housing market, you know, in 2008. This is all true in that sense because it was a credit boom, credit bust, 
right? So the sales could not be facilitated by lower mortgage rates. It had to be facilitated by credit, right? So I, I when I say lower mortgage rates will be a positive, no, it won't be this and that. Literally November, December, January, end of story. You're not housing people. Stay in your lane. I don't know what lane that is, to be honest with you, but stay in it, okay? Get out of here. This is not your thing. This is why I did this again. I went and challenged people again because somebody came out and said, shadow inventory. I just, God, these, these people have are no such idea losers. what that does to the you. The shadow inventory was 2012. It's like, what sickness, what darkness happened to you? Did you lose the Winnie the Pooh uh, uh, bear when you were a child? Would you, something happen? Shadow inventory? Really? And then people say, well, the vacant homes and the No, there has been vacant homes for decades. It's active listings that matter. And I'm sitting here with total inventory under a million and people are saying, there's no low inventory. The Federal Reserve has created. I'm telling you, we we created a facilitation of middle-aged guys, 45 to 72, who've completely lost their mind, right? They've completely lost their minds because as child, growing up as baby boomers, they were told that the government is bad or spending is bad and inflation and they lived through the 70s. So they're always like stuck here and they've wasted so much of their life hiding behind these stupid names on Twitter. Why? This is why I want these people live on air. You get me a camera and I'll do it. Okay. I'll do what I do best, but you've got to realize you have to let 2008 go. It's like fantasize about something else. Right, football, basketball, Rihanna, whatever, but not 2008. End it. Okay, well, we're going to end the podcast on that note. People will take of that, make of that what you will. But yes, uh, definitely. Logan, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for explaining things. And we will have you on again in a few days. It is a pleasure. Thank you so much, Sarah Wheeler. Success might look different this year, but it's out there for those willing to work for it. That's why 2023's Gathering of Eagles will focus on forging opportunities, the perfect chance for industry leaders to take a proactive approach to continually move the needle in their businesses and the real estate industry at large. Gathering of Eagles will bring together the nation's top residential real estate CEOs, presidents, and C-level leadership teams to grow, network, and set the pace for what's next in our industry. 2023's GOE is at Omni Barton Creek Resort in the rolling hill country of Austin, Texas from June 18th until the 21st. Learn more and register your spot on the events page at realtrends.com. And we can't wait to see you in Austin. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.